Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your host, Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws podcast. Now, tonight's episode is a really special one for me. If you've listened to the last couple of episodes, you'll know that some of the guests we've had, like Teresa um, and myself and Alan, we've known each other for 10 years. And I always say, the last 10 years of my working career from the age of 44 to 54 has probably been my best. Um, I've probably experienced more things in that time than I ever thought possible. Things that I, I, I never even thought I could achieve myself. I'd never set out to do them. Um, you know, and I've ended up writing for a magazine, recording video classes, which those that know me know I hate being in front of camera, but it's a necessity. Uh, so I've done video classes, I've taught conferences, I have written a book um, and tonight's guest Scott Kelby is somebody who I, whatever I say about him it will never be enough. Um, I got to meet Scott 10 years ago, we do talk about it briefly but I met Scott at Photoshop World and changed my life and the last, say, the last 10 years I have been blessed with so many experiences through this connection with Scott, through the friendship with Scott um, and Kelby One and all the members and the team and everyone that's ever been involved from behind the scenes to, you know, Matt RC, Dave Cross, Corey Barker, Pete Collins, everyone who's been involved with, with that organisation has somehow influenced me over my career. Uh, now, I did interview Scott very early on in the podcast. Uh, I think it was around episode 12 or something like that, where, where I was at Kelby One recording and I wanted to speak to Scott again because obviously a lot's happened over the years and a lot's happened to me and a lot's happened to him. The The Worldwide Photo Walk became a huge thing, which we do talk about in this episode. And I really wanted to big, give, a bit, give that a big mention at the start because it's on October the 3rd. Now, normally there'd be a group of 50 meeting and we can't obviously do that because of lockdown restrictions and COVID and being safe. So the event is still going ahead but more on an individual basis or at least groups of six and under, which in the UK is the current restriction. And obviously, please wear a mask if you're outdoors with, with other people and respect the privacy, etc. But the money that the photography, the photo, the photography worldwide photo walk start again, uh, it raises money for an orphanage. And if they don't do this event, the orphanage won't get the money. And there's a video that I'm going to put on the website that explains to you what this is about. Um, it's something that the Worldwide Photo Walk has raised money for over the years. And when you look at what this orphanage was like when they first started to what it is now, the money really makes a difference. So we're encouraging people to sign up for the photo walk. You can do it independently or you can do it in a small group. Uh, there's a minimum $5 donation that's suggested when you register. And this all the, all the money goes to the... Uh, hope I think it's Hope of Springs or Springs of Hope Orphanage in Kenya and that money will go to them there's also some merchandise you can buy like a really nice t-shirt for the photo walk I've done a few of them they're really good fun and there's some great prizes so if you take some great photos you can upload them to the website and there's some amazing prizes and an awesome gallery of images from all over the world literally nearly all the countries around the world take part one way or another so that's something that Scott's been putting together. But for those of you, if you don't know 
Scott. If you don't know Kelby One, go and check out kelbyone.com. I think you can join for as little as $9.99 a month. There's a magazine that comes with it, which is Photoshop User Magazine, which has been going for years, uh, edited by Chris Main, who's a great guy. Uh, there's just so much content on there. I've got classes on InDesign and Photoshop for designers, but there's a ton of photography stuff. Um, occasionally there's special offers, so sign up for the newsletter. But um, yeah, I can't thank Scott enough for the influence he's had over my career and the friendship we've developed over that time and we often scott talks about we do text each other ask each other questions and you know i'm forever pro promoting kelby one wherever i can um because they changed my life and um yeah i'm not going to waffle too much um i've been working on the photography show in the uk so this episode is dropping on monday and if you're listening to it in the morning, check out photographyshow.com because they're running free sessions all day today. And I'll be managing the burst mode area. But we've got some great uh, content for Photoshop and photography in the editing suite, uh, including Julianne Cost, who's going to be doing Lightroom. Uh, Glyn Dewis is going to be there, Tony Armour. So um, there's a lot going on at the moment. Uh, I'll be back in a, in a week or so with uh, some more guests. And myself and Alan Hess will be doing an episode. But um for now I just wanted to really big Scott up at the beginning because I owe so much to him and I'm so grateful he gave me the time to have this chat I didn't really edit it to be honest I wanted to record it as a chat as two guys talking about all sorts we talk about music tv uh, Scott's music project we do talk about photography but um, I just wanted you to enjoy the dynamic of two friends chatting uh, and a relationship that's developed over that past 10 years and hopefully th for the next 10 and onwards I can't wait to see him again I can't wait to get back out to America when the world has calmed down but for now hope you enjoy this episode thank you for listening thank you for supporting the show we know it's difficult at the moment with everything going on but we appreciate uh, I certainly appreciate the people that are still downloading every week and listening to the show if you can share it it means a lot thank you so much from me uh, from Alan and from Glyn but uh, for now we'll jump into the episode and I'll see you next time thanks for listening hello and welcome back to another episode of he shoots he draws and tonight I've got a he's, he's an okay guest he's someone who's been around a little while you might have heard of him um, but you might not so I'll do a soft introduction to him today I've got a young man who's been in the photography industry for a couple of years he's a newcomer um, but he's trying to make his way up up the ladder of photography. Uh, his name's Scott Kelby. He's from Florida. He's 42. And um, welcome to the show, Scott. <laughs> you, this is going to be my favorite show ever. <laughs> Anyone that calls me young man right off the bat, boom, done. I love it. <laughs> we, I exude 42. Charm. 42. Hey, I, know, I, I was 42 for a whole year. It was really good. I liked it. It was an it entire was. year. I would say I would say I'm now in my late forties, like so late I've got a double detention. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm fifty-five this year. Wow. Yeah, I've seen. You sure don't look it. <laughs> no, I look sixty-five. <laughs> no, feel, you look so 75. much younger. I would have oh, lost we... a lot of money on a bet that about that. Oh uh, no, it's it's quite funny when you're signing up for stuff online and you start spinning that what you the, when you have to put the year you were born and oh, it's like a it's like a slot machine in Vegas. It's just going. <laughs> it just keeps spinning. Uh, and there's spinning. there's the '80s. There's a cherry. There's bar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's a raspberry. Oh no, there's my year of birth. But no, it's uh, it's I've been talking a lot recently about 
obviously everyone listening if you don't know who scott kelby is shame on you get off the episode now and go and listen to go and listen to a famous person that just started a podcast because they can um i my introduction to photoshop was going online and searching up and finding an app and i used to buy mac design magazine and all that stuff and 10 years ago i came out to photoshop world i've talked about it a lot on the show and i got to meet you and that was kind of what i say was the beginning of my career and i was 44 years old and so many people are uh, like hang on so i thought you've been doing this forever and i'm like no i i genuinely started i mean i really only started having success about four or five years into those last 10 years because the first couple of times was coming along to photoshop world meeting people but i only did my first magazine article in 2013 and i think my first video classes was 2014 2015 so i always talk about you know you can still teach an old dog new tricks and it's not too late to learn but one of the things i've probably if you went back over the last 126 episodes you've probably come up in at least half of them either through photoshop world or connections i've made so it's lovely i can sit here and talk to you you know as friends that 10 years ago this month i stood next to you at the tweet up by a pool we had a quick photograph taken by eric uh, eric valland and and then like an hour later i was stood next to you in an elevator and, and you didn't you didn't know me because we'd only met that once and yet it's so weird now 10 years on when i think how the world has changed how we've changed how you know how our you've you've brought me into a lot of things i credit you 100 percent with probably 99 percent of my successes so thank you for that just want to say that on on air thank <laughs> well, you you're you're very kind but oh. uh, i don't want to i don't want to take all the credit there you know you're an incredibly talented guy in so many different ways uh, and and if I if I helped in any little way, I, I'm honored for whatever small <laughs> amount of input I had. But uh, you 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 yourself are just an amazing individual, and, and you have so many different. You're like an octopus and all the different things that you can do. So I'm I'm just glad I found you and hooked up with you, <laughs> and and I'm, I'm riding your coattails. So I oh, I'm no. just happy the way it worked out. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it all happened because you know I have to say that it it's been it's not just been the whole photography design, that kind of journey. I think the important thing has been the friendships and the fact that I, I feel so like cool that I can sit and text you and, and we chat to each other and we send each other funny stuff and you come over and we hang out. That's the bit I love about that whole thing. And today we were texting. I've got, just got to say one thing, you know, when people say to you, Oh man, you're so lucky you get, you get to do what you do. Like life must just be brilliant. You're doing half an hour before we started this podcast i was up to my elbows in washing machine water from a blocked drain so the next time so the next time somebody's going oh my god you're so lucky you get to do that yeah but i still get to go up to my elbows in sewage water and washing machine but (laughs) so yeah like life's not always you're not not just sitting here in a lovely podcast studio recording everything it was i was like oh god get this done nearly eight o'clock um but you sent me a text and although there's some stuff I wanted to talk about, you sent me a text and said, I want you to listen to this. And you, it was a music show reel and I'm sat there listening to these songs thinking, okay, I, I knew why you'd sent me it, but you've had a home project. You've done a personal project where you've been making music. Now, for those that are listening, we might just get out a recorder or a ukulele or a tambourine or a mouth organ 
and sit in kind of noodle but you've been working on a slightly bigger project so tell us a little bit about how why and where it's going because most people know you for the photoshop photography thing but you're an incredible musician oh well thank you thank you very much uh it's it's a lot of fun i was uh musician before I was a photographer. So I made my living for many years as a full-time musician. Uh, and then I, and then it grew up. And so, <laughs> but, uh, so a few years ago, I think it was three years ago now for, for Christmas, my brother bought me some Apple software called Logic Pro X. And the only way I can describe it, it is the Photoshop of audio. So it's for people who want to have a professional quality recording studio and big recording studios all around the world use Logic Pro X as, as their recording app. I mean, you know, some of the biggest hit songs and stuff have been uh, done on Logic Pro and it is, it's very hard. (laughs) It's very, very hard. It's like, I really think like it's like Photoshop. I mean, it's got such depth and there's a lot to it. And so uh, I thought, well, I want to learn how to use this because I want to be able to one day write my own songs and stuff. So what I decided to do to learn it was instead of just watching a bunch of tutorials and stuff, I thought, I'm just going to do a song. I'm going to do a couple of songs and I'll do songs that are kind of, you know, stuff that I kind of grew up with. So songs from the 80s, you know, dance music, uh, big hair, rock and all. And, And I'll I'll just do that and it'll kind of teach me. And it taught me really fast because you have to go, oh, wait a minute, how do I fade out the end of the song? How do I fade in? How do I do this? How do, how do I record drums? How do I record a guitar and a bass and all this stuff? And so little by little, I started piecing it all together. And, and, and then I, I started to realize because I'm, I'm just weird, I don't hmm. want the songs to sound like when I go do a big 80s song, like you know a Bon Jovi song, I don't want it to sound like a karaoke band playing it. And so I, I found that you can go on YouTube and download the original vocals for so many songs. So it's just the isolated vocal track. Well, then I have to go play everything else, the drums, the bass, the guitar, the keyboards, the synths, whatever it is in the song. Uh, I have to play all the parts. If there's horns, if there's strings, I have to learn all those parts. So um, I started doing that. And, and then I started realizing for me to really make it sound like the record, it, it, it takes weeks to do one song. It's not a two hour project. It's like, <laughs> even if you already know the song, like there's songs that I know that I play with my band, Big Electric Cat, which is, is my band. Yeah. Uh, and we only play a couple times a year, but when we do play, I know I've been playing these songs, you know, since the eighties, but I didn't have to play the bass part and I didn't have to play the drums and I didn't have to play all the, you know, I just played whatever the keyboard player played or the guitar player. So I've had to learn all them and the guitar solos and all, and it's, it's a lot of fun. It sucks up a lot of time, but I tell you what, Dave, I get in my studio. I have a small studio at my house. I get in there and I say, okay, it's nine o'clock at night. I want to go to bed by midnight. And I look up and it's two fifteen. <laughs> it's just my goodness. Time absolutely flies in there because I, I'm trying to like get just the right snare sound, just the right drum sound, you know, just the right symbols. I'm trying to figure out what kind of symbols did they use in 1980? And I do research online and I read interviews. And right now I'm working on, I want you back by the Jackson five. Wow. And uh, I'm trying to find out what the bass cabinet and the bass guitar were that was used by a Wilton Feld, Feld, Felder, who was the original bass player in the studio. It wasn't the Jacksons that played on that song. It was a, a group of studio musicians that played on that song and uh, really, really great guys. I mean, incredible musicians. So I'm trying to find out what bass he used. I found the amp. It was an acoustic 360. 
And so now I just got to find out what brand of bass and then I have to match that bass sound. So this is the stupid stuff that I do, Dave. This is how I spend <laughs> my day. You know how many books I would have had written? I know. Stuff the, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but you know what's nice about it? Because I have a very busy work life. But when I'm in the studio recording, I don't think about work at all. And I think that's the great thing about it. I think it's the great thing about any hobby is it allows you to put the rest of the world on hold. I'm not thinking about politics. I'm not thinking about the pandemic. I'm just thinking about how did he get that cymbal sound? Yeah. <laughs> so it's I, a lot of fun. I, cause I know after I listened to it and we were talking before we kept, before we started the show and, and I said, it, it wasn't just the fact that it didn't sound like a cheesy karaoke where you get that over synthesized. It was just the nuances of, of those instruments. Cause I like listening to, the bass or just the drums or just the guitar and then the keyboards and you can kind of hear and, and because like your brain has that muscle memory of when you listen to a song enough times it plays in your head automatically so when you're going to listen to someone else's recorded it you would think oh yeah I'm, I'm going to be able to tell this but you had like you said the nuances of the of the symbols or of the keyboard or the bass because you don't just pick up a bass guitar and go bow 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 they you know different bass guitars different amps different ways of playing the fact that you're putting that together, I did text you back and say, are you Prince? <laughs> because <laughs> it's like, where do you, where do you start with that? Do you, do you start with the drums? Do you, do you have a process that you work through? Cause this is like Photoshop, you know, where do you start with your image? Do you, you're working with kind of a blank canvas, but you're sort of you're copying something, but you're creating it from new. So what's, yeah. what's that process of, of picking a song? I start with the drums and I record each one separately. So I have control over them separately. So I have a hi-hat, I have a snare, I have a bass drum, I have the toms, I have the cymbals, I have the crash cymbal, I have a ride cymbal, I have percussion, I have it. Everything's on its own separate track so I can control the exact volume of every one. Once I get the drum track down, then I go back and do the bass next. So the bass, you know, once I got the drum groove going, I go play the bass. Once I do the bass, it's whichever's more important, keyboards or guitar comes next. But these guitar songs, I swear, Dave, they have so many guitar tracks. Like, <laughs> I, want you, I want you back, right? From, from back in the 19, it was 1969, I think it was recorded. It has three different guitar tracks going on, three different guitar players playing different lines through the whole. I'm like, come on, it's an old song. How could it be so complex? And some of the guitar parts are like surprisingly like more challenging than I was expecting. So here's what's terrible. I was finishing up Sweet Child of Mine and I'd been working on it for so long, like three weeks. I was like, I need a break. I just need a quick, easy song I can do to get my mind off it and then I'll come back. I'll go, oh, I'll do I Want You Back. How hard could it be? Guitar, <laughs> drums, bass, uh, and a piano. Come on, how hard could it be? Dude, I've been working on I Want You Back for like two and a half weeks. There's all these little, uh, and the guitar player, if you really want to see, hear something interesting, the original guitar player did a tribute album. So he's the guy that played on it. And his name is Lewis. Let me tell you what his name is here. Lewis Shelton, I think it is. Yeah. Let me see. Or Louis Shelton. Louis. Louis. Oh yeah. Louis Shelton. So, uh, and you can go on YouTube and just type in Louis Shelton and I want you back. And, and, and it's him just playing along with the pre-recorded track. Yeah, yeah, it's called Louis Shelton, Michael Jackson Tribute. And he plays along with it. He's the original guy. And it, he's so smooth, it's like butter. Now, this guy was a studio musician that's played on every album that you can imagine, from Whitney Houston 
he's recorded with John Lennon. He's uh, like, you pick a big song from the 70s and 80s, and he probably played on it. It's unbelievable all the albums he played on. But uh, he, he plays a guitar solo at the end, and it's so sweet. It's like butter. It's just so <laughs> great. And his songs are available on Spotify and on Apple Music and all. So Louis Shelton, and he's the original guy that played. And he had to be very young at that point. You know, he had to be a young man. But, yeah. oh, my gosh, that guy rocks, and he's just – he played on so many, you know, I don't know if you remember the song from Lionel Richie, Hello. Yeah. It had this beautiful guitar solo. That's him. That's Louis Shelton playing that guitar solo. He played on Boz Skaggs, Low Down. That was him playing the guitar solos and these like classic guitar solos. It's, yeah, it's him. He's, he's, he's incredible. So, uh, but I had to, I had to watch him play it to learn some of the little riffs and stuff. It's, it, there's a lot of like just stupid, uh, stuff that you wind up doing looking on google trying to figure out what kind of keyboard sound you know and you look for interviews with the keyboard player from bon jovi and see if he said what sound he used on that album and stuff and it's just it's it's wild it's a lot of fun though i really enjoy it and uh what i sent dave for those of you who are listening which is yeah hopefully hopefully, hopefully, hopefully uh, someone's still listening for for most of you. Out. yeah i thought he was gonna no i thought he was gonna talk about <laughs> photography and i left a long time ago but for those of you who are still hanging in there um uh oh heck what was i gonna say i completely went blank now oh I do well dave time. this is what's this is what happens when you're 106 <laughs> years old you're 106 everything just kind of i was gonna say something important about the song but uh, i can't even remember what it is so oh that's, well I, I was gonna ask you a question i'll ask you a question because i can chop that sure. little bit out but, I, but i'll ask you a question so one of the, the cool things of that i guess it's like using photography as a simile is when you're looking at the old artists like the Ansel Adams oh I wonder how he retouched that and Dodge and Burn you're kind of doing that with music history you're you're finding out you know those keyboard pieces and those bass guitars and what you know because guitar you know I know you've got a great collection of guitars and they all sound completely different to you they all look the same to me but I know each one has a different sound so you know that what you're looking for but to, to learn that music history while you're playing must be really cool as well. Finding out about all these musicians you didn't know about and, and then seeing that they oh, played yeah. on this show. I think I love stuff like that. When you research and go down a rabbit hole and then you start seeing, Oh, crikey. I didn't realize that. I didn't know. I hadn't, I'd never heard. I'd never listened to that song that way before, but now you're piecing it together. It, oh it's yeah. Just, can, so is there software like for the, for the synth for the keyboards? Can you, download certain sure. kinds of sounds or stuff like yeah, that I, I, I bought some of them uh like for example the korg m1 synthesizer was a very very popular synthesizer uh back in the 80s like a bunch of iconic songs were recorded using that synth and so you can buy the plug-in it's not very much i want to say it's 99 bucks or something mm. i bought it from korg korg makes those original sounds available and you plug it in as a plug-in just like you use a plugin in Photoshop, you use it as a plugin to Logic Pro. And I bought other ones. I bought all kinds of string ones. I did the I did the theme to Game of Thrones. Don't okay. ask me why, but I did the entire theme, which is all strings and and drums. And uh, but it's not regular drums, not a set of drums like you know the band, rock band plays or like you know these big giant orchestral drums. But I, I did that. Hey, I remember the thing I, I wanted to mention to your viewers what I sent you. So what oh. I sent Dave was basically 30 seconds of a whole bunch of songs 
So that's what it is. It's just, you hear a little bit of this song, a little bit of that song. It just rolls on. It's just a big demo of all these different songs. And I'll be adding Sweet Child of Mine and, and the uh, Jackson song to it here shortly. Uh, but uh, it's a constantly evolving <laughs> demo reel. As you do better stuff, you go choose the, it's just like photography with your portfolio. You know, let's say I've got 24 images in one of my categories, like people. I don't, I don't add more pictures to it. I, I delete the weakest one and add the new one. Yes. So if I take a good shot and I think this is good enough to be in my portfolio, I look at all 24 photos and go, what is the weakest link? And I take it out and put the new one in. It's the same with my demo, auto dem, demo reel. I listen to it and go, okay, what's the weakest song here? And then I remove it. I can tell you what the hardest song was, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, I bet. I don't even know why I started that song. I'm just like, oh, why did I? I was into it, and I'm like, why did I try this? It took like a month. It was very, it's very, very good. challenging. But, oh, it's, it was hard. Because yeah, all the piano parts and all the, the guitar parts, yeah, the guitar solos. And, and it's a long song, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a week, isn't it, that song? Yeah, you don't know how long it is until <laughs> you start from scratch. And you're like, but you know what it is? You, you said something really interesting. You said, you know, you get to learn the history and all this kind of stuff. And, and you do, right? You learn all these things that I didn't know. Number one, I just assumed, I don't know why, the Jacksons played on that album. And then you, you find out that, oh, it's these other guys. And then you find out what other songs they've played on. It's just, it is, you're, you're, you're getting a music history. And you also, when you record these from scratch and you do it, you have a connection to the song. Like, for example, I'm doing this, I Want You Back from the Jacksons. I'm almost done. It's literally like, I'm, like today will be done, tonight or anyway. But um, I didn't know that there's no drums on the verses. There's no drums at all. It's just congas and tambourine. There's no drums. The drums only play on the chorus. And I'm like, how can there be no, it's like the most danceable song ever. And there's yeah. no drums for half the song, but uh, yeah, it's just congas, congas <laughs> and a tambourine. Right. Oh, hey, speaking of that, uh, yeah, go on. you know, it's that guy, Louis Shelton, I keep yeah. telling you about, uh, he was the guitar player for all the, the monkey songs. The last train to Clarksville and all those. That's Louis Shelton going boom, ding, 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 ding. That's him. Dude, this guy played on every <laughs> class. You've got to go. I hope, I hope some of your viewers will, will do go look up that Louis Shelton and Michael Jackson or Jackson's tribute on uh, YouTube because it's really well done. And you just go, he plays like butter. Like, like when I play, I'm not a guitar player by trade, right? My, I'm really a keyboard player and a drummer. And so when I play guitar and bass and all these other things, I'm, I'm stepping a little outside of my comfort zone and I'm sweating. I'm sweating. <laughs> it's like, this is hard. You know, like when I play the drum parts, I never go, oh, this is tough. It's like nothing. It's like riding a bike. When I pick up the guitar and I have to do a solo that was done by the guitar player for Bon Jovi, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> but, and... Uh, Get those well, and there's sometimes where I've, I had to do this thing where I, I, I do what's called a sound alike because I, I'm not smoking fast on guitar. So when I get to a part where they go, <laughs> I go, what am I going to play there instead? That won't sound totally wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, cause I did some Motley Crue and some of the other things where all these dive bombs, all I get that stuff, but it's the fast stuff. And it's only because I'm super old 
that I cannot do the fast stuff. If I was 14, do you watch kids on YouTube? And oh. they're smoking up and down that neck like it's nothing. <laughs> they're just like, are you kidding me? Like I these know. kids, I'm like, go to school. <laughs> they're just, wow. Yeah, they're just like the fingers are just like a blur. Just going, yeah, and I'm like, how are you even hitting the right notes? <laughs> like, and they've crazy. got a Nintendo Switch in the other hand, and they're on TikTok. I know, and they're, they're multitasking, they're on TikTok, and they're just smoking. Yeah, I hate children. I just hate kids all together. Always <laughs> children are the worst. Because <laughs> one of the things you told me um, when I saw you in London last, you had you had a wish you had i knew you were doing this project so i know you've been doing it for a while and you told me about it and i'd heard bits as we're going along but you had a dream a kind of a wish to do something at a very specific place yes yes do you want to talk about that sure yeah yeah, yeah. go on because i think it's really so, cool and and, and 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 not unachievable no it's not it's not so i i started reading this article from a guy who talked about this thing that he did and that it was one of those things that you assumed was ridiculously expensive, but it wasn't. And it got me. And, and when I read his article, he planted his dream into my head, which was to record a song at, at London's Abbey Road. I don't know if it's really in London. It's, you and I have yeah, been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's still, just outside, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of maybe it's in the still, suburb. It's still but, London, yeah. Okay. Oh, still London. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Anyway, he said, you know, you're not going to rent the big studio there, but they have a small studio. They have multiple studios and you can rent the small one. And, and it was a surprisingly reasonable rate. And I thought, you know, I've got, I don't want to go and, and just do a cover. I don't want to just record, but I wouldn't mind doing like an arrangement, like an arrangement of some other song. And, and my wife is an absolute killer singer. She, uh, she and I met in a band 30 uh, something years ago. And yeah, she, she's just got an incredible vocal range and a really neat style. So I, I want to write a song for her to sing. And, and then I, I want to literally, I want to go to London and I want to bring my guitar player. So my guitar player I've been playing with since I was 20 years old. And he's, you've heard him, Tony. Tony. Play. He's, yeah. Tony's yeah. unbelievable. Tony's brilliant. I want to bring my bass player and I want to bring my drummer and I want to go and I want to spend some time in London and I want to go there and record just that one song. And so that's my dream. I really want to go to Abbey Road and, and just, I, I, dude, I can't even imagine, you know, because, you know, people say, what are your dreams in life? And like, you know, people say, I want to own a football team, which by the way, that would be lovely. But um, uh, I, my dream is, is much more achievable uh, in that it's not that expensive. It's going to cost a few dollars. I'm going to have to sell yeah. a few guitars to, uh, <laughs> to make it happen. It's not, I can't have 43 guitars and still go. I'll have to be down in the low thirties uh, to pay for airfare and, and for the studio and everything, but it'll be something you'll remember forever. You know, you'll be oh, 80 years old and go, remember that time we went to what you called something village road. <laughs> well, it, I can't remember, but uh, yeah, dude, that's, that's a dream of mine is to, is to do that. Now I would never ever come to the UK and not see you. You would have to be there. You'd oh, have to be my historian. I would it, absolutely be there in a heartbeat. Cause when you told me yeah, about dude. it, I was automatically me being me. I'm like Sherlock Holmes when it comes to research. And I was straight on. I was looking at the studio. I was looking at the prices, seeing it, like how achievable is it or what people have written about it. And I thought, well, he can, he can do this, but if he does, I, I will take whatever days I need to off work to be there. I'll be his, oh, yeah. you, I'll be you his guitar caddy. Yeah, his guitar I, I caddy. I wouldn't do it if you weren't there. 
you know, I've got, I have such great friends uh, over in that area in, in the London area and, and surrounding uh, that uh, I, I, I wouldn't do it if you weren't there. There's a lot of people I could get by without, but you would yeah. have to be there. Because uh, so, so for those listening who maybe don't uh, necessarily see all of the Photoshop World stuff that goes on. So each year there's an event, it's called Photoshop World. I've spoken about it a lot. And and one of the things, I'm, I'm really a retrospective person. So I, I really kind of celebrate the things I've been able to do. And every once in a while on Instagram, I'll post a, like two years ago, I did this, three years ago, I did that. And I remember I was over recording stuff with you and you said to me, uh, I've got this idea. Um, I want you to be the main person in the Photoshop World keynote video uh, and you're going to do this. And that was a, wow. You know, that was a, a, a one of those kind of, little tick boxes of things you never think you'll do and you did and it was really cool because it was about the fake like the Beatles were fake and they never actually wrote the songs it was this other band and you kind of <laughs> told me the story and I really wanted to do you a good job so me and Pete Treadway we we took an afternoon off we took we got a couple of cameras and we went up to London and we walked all around London filming me walking past Scotland Yard Tower Bridge but all, all these London landmarks for, for the video for me to be walking. And then we get to Abbey Road, which was the last bit of the segment that we had to do. So we were shooting on the underground, going up escalators, all sorts, walking past policemen and everything. When we got to Abbey Road, it was like, this place is locked down. You can't go in. So you're out on the street with everyone else. And I'm saying to people, maybe we could find another building that looks like Abbey Road that's got the same kind of door and we'll use that and pretend. And we're walking up and down. None of them look the same. So it's like, mate, it's got to be Abbey Road. It's people, it's so iconic, you know it, but the gates are locked and, you know, you can't go in and there's signs saying up, you, you up there saying you cannot come in. But there was a builder's van in the front and these two guys were going in and out with some stuff. They were doing some work inside. So I just said to Pete, right, Pete, you went, never going to get in here again so just follow me so he gets the camera and i just that, that thing if, if you want to look like you belong there look like you belong there walk confidently so i just walked along i opened the gate i walked through the little car park up to the steps got to the door put my hand on the door pete's recorded it all and then i was just waiting for the oi <laughs> and we just turned around and got out so i i got to the door of abbey road and i touched the handle and that was like, oh, wow, you know, the Beatles were here. And it was so, it was like the Wembley of, of, of music <laughs> yep. that I get, I got to kind of get so close. But I so wanted to get you that shot for that particular thing. Yeah, because it was supposed to, the whole idea from the, the video. So it was, we were using a takeoff of the television show 60 Minutes. And it's, and, it, and in, the, in the script, we go to Abbey Road and we do the interview there. So that shot of you walking up to the door and opening the door, the next shot the audience saw was inside a recording studio. Yeah. And so it just, it really felt like we were in Abbey Road. It was so brilliant. You and you and Dave, you did such a great job in there, dude, you were, your whole acting. So Dave was the star of this thing. He was basically the investigative reporter that was going to blow the lid off this, off this whole thing that the Beatles, uh, uh, weren't really the Beatles because this other band was writing their songs, but the uh, the other band was using all Photoshop terms. And <laughs> so they had a, a niche audience and it was the Beatles that took, you know, uh, 
the song names and switched them into more likable names. Yeah. And all. But really, the band and the singing was all done by this other band, uh, secret band behind the scenes. And but Dave had to act through this whole thing, and it was it was brilliant. I mean, it was it brought the house down. And then we had a a Beatles uh, copy band, a band that uh, right after the video finished, the video was like eleven minutes long, and then we had a live Beatles impersonator band on stage that played live, and they were terrific. And and oh, we had so great good. we had a great graphic theme to the whole conference with the with you know the union flag not the union jack by the way no no because we weren't on a boat (laughs) like we were not on a boat it's the union flag i've learned that and uh anyway it was just it was an absolutely just one of my favorite videos we've ever done and and it's because you brought such authenticity to it you really sold the audience that you had this story to tell and it was just i I really and the b-roll all this Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. The stuff with Larry was funny. Oh, I remember was there so was great. one bit where I had to break the fourth wall, where I had to make some comment about, yep. yeah, isn't it funny that all these songs were written before Photoshop even existed? And then just look at the camera <laughs> and give it up. And he looked at the camera. Hey, what year was, what year was that? That was 20... Oh, well, it's got to be one of these four. Uh, I'm going to go... Well, let's, let's, let's think back. So Was it 2017? Uh, it was Karate. It was the one before Karate Kid. Okay, that's 2018 because, uh, let me see, hold on. I'm trying to see if they can, oh yeah, you can watch it. Oh wait, no. It is the 2018 Photoshop World Keynote and I don't actually see the keynote up here. It is on, the video is on YouTube somewhere separately because I'm going to get the link for it and show it. But but again, that was one of those things, like for me, I got to walk up on stage after all the Photoshop worlds I'd been to, I got to walk up on stage, stand in front of that whole room with a couple of thousand people in there and, and go, say, say my bit, and ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles, and then walk off. I mean, that, one other time I'd got to do that for my brother, uh, who's in a band, and I got, it was a Shepherd's Bush Empire in London, and it was, Shepherd's Bush was where my brother lived, and it was the local venue, and loads of famous bands had played there. And, and Alan said to me once, because he knows I'm quite shy and don't like doing that kind of stuff. And he said, uh, it's your birthday. I want you to go up on stage and introduce us. So I got up on stage in front of the Shepherd's Empire and said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. You know, thank you for coming. Here's the Dirty Strangers. And then walked off. And it was the adrenaline rush of just getting up and saying that one thing. I'm thinking, God, imagine what it's like to be a musician where you get to stand up there <laughs> for a whole hour and, and just have that room looking up at you. But no, that was that that was so cool to to do that, and it was so much fun. So while all right, while we're talking about conferences, then, um, so obviously th- this year has has just been a complete weird one for everybody. Photoshop World, as I say to so many people, is more than just a conference. There there is no other conference like it. There's no other company like like it that when you think from the evolution from that to Kelby one and Photoshop world has been going for 20 years, 21 years, I guess would have been this year. Um, Sometimes two, sometimes one, depending on circumstances of what's going on. But this is like your first year of, of no Photoshop world. What was just going back to the beginning of the year when this all started to roll out, what were your thoughts like how did you feel as a business owner as this started to roll out and it's and the realization started to sink in of crap what's what are we going to do here well 
personally, it was pretty devastating. Uh, Photoshop where, like you say, it's, it's not just a training event. It's where a lot of, of the same people every year come together. There are people I only see at Photoshop world, mm. like friends that, that that's our connections point. And I, and it's not just me, but our whole company looks forward to it all year long. It's a family uh, reunion. It, like it no is, other. That's, that is the best way to describe it right there. It is a family reunion and everybody looks forward to it. All of our friends look forward to it. And it's just, if, you know, these days, especially coming together as a community is so important. And so when, when it kind of hit me that, gosh, we're going to, you know, cause we were going to go to the Mirage again. We had a mm. great experience at the Mirage. We even got better rooms this year at the Mirage. Like they, we, they moved us even closer to the casino. We were, we were two minutes away from the elevators. Now we're a minute from them. And we had this, just, they just really rolled out the red carpet for us. And, and so we were really excited. Uh, we sold out our entire room block last year. And, and, and so they were like, hey, you know, <laughs> let's make this bigger and better. And so we were so excited. It was going to be so great. And then to have to cancel it. It was just heartbreaking. It, and and it's, it's not like we make a bunch of money off Photoshop world. Sometimes we don't make any money <laughs> off of Photoshop world whatsoever. So um, it really is just something that we do for our community, for the Kelby One members and for people who are new to Kelby One and just joining us. And and it's just, it's just I mean, you know, Dave, it, it is, there's so much fun. It, it is learning. There's a bunch of classes yeah, and stuff, yeah. no doubt. We have like 80 classes. But it's the it's the bringing of everybody together. It is that family feeling, and and I go to all kinds of conferences. And Dave, you've heard it, I've heard it. All people walk up and they'll say, "Scott, I'm a doctor. I've been going to conferences for 30 years. There is no conference like this anywhere that I've ever been. You guys run such a slick show. It's so much fun. You keep us energized and, and, and inspired and all. And it's just you know." I've heard it so many times and I, and every year I go, this is the best one yet. And it's because we always try to make it better. And we had some great, great stuff planned for this year. And it just, I don't know. I think the word heartbreaking is, is the best way I can describe it. Because yeah. And it was so early on friends. as well. Oh, I, yeah. remember, I remember when you, cause I know the webpage went up and I knew you kind of had a new theme you were kind yeah. of rejigging some stuff. You had a new theme. There was a yep. new website. It's a new one, yeah. uh, one new world or something. And I knew you were yeah. excited. I didn't know too many details about it, but I, I kind of knew where it was going to be. And then kind of that early phase, uh, there was an event I was going to for work that had to be canceled. And at that point I'm like, canceled. Look, look, I'll still come because there was no realization. And I knew for you quite early on, you, I think you probably had to pull the plug uh may april may i mean how yeah april, it, was I think er april or may. it was earlier early on enough to not really yeah. understand what what the consequences were or you know it's heartbreaking because you knew it could be good but nobody knew what was going to happen nobody you know if you knew then what you know now you'd yeah. you'd have cancelled it way way before and i think that was the difficult thing is so many people look forward to these events that it's not just always about going along to learn photoshop or going along to learn photography it's you know they go they know the people who go know the vendors in the expo hall yeah. you know, even their friends and that like you say that you don't hire 
like Adobe Max hire the people who work at the conference center, your staff come along and they're the people on the help desk. They're the people doing the yeah. moderation. They're the people on the doors and doing all the stuff. And it, it, and it is just, you just feel like your arms get tired from handshaking and uh, as uh, Meredith called it, gripping green. <laughs> you just, yeah. every, you, walk, you can't walk down the corridor at Photoshop world and be invisible. Somebody, you, you will always know somebody. So, and not just that, I mean, there's sport events, there's all these other things that have been cancelled that I think when you take away that personal contact from your life so suddenly, you you kind of really realise how important that is to you if you like that kind of thing. And as I started yeah. to see, you know, like the photography show got cancelled the day before, and this was before we went into lockdown, there was kind of, oh, crikey, well, by the time the photo by the time the photography show comes round again, there will have been a two and a half year gap between the two shows because they don't want to risk next March. They're saying, look, if we don't risk March and go into to September, but yeah, two and a half. So, so many people over here like that event because it's a big meetup. So, I love that event. Oh yeah. It's, I've worked there six, I think it's my sixth or seventh year working for them now. So they've gone online. So, which leads me into the, the next thing is the solution is not, not ideal, but I remember the, one of the first things you did was apart from all the online classes still going on and the grid every week, you did your first on online conference. I know you'd kind of been involved with one before, cause I think you did the, did, I think Kelby one did the Google plus photography. Or that, was, kind of that, was the, that was the in-person. No, that was like Photoshop world. It was live in person but in San was, Francisco. But was that one streamed as well? Uh, we, we did uh, record the classes and put them online afterwards. Yes. Yeah. But it wasn't a streamed conference. It was oh, just, I remember, it was a live conference yeah. with video streaming parts of it. Yeah. Not all of it, but parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that. So you did the first one you did was the Lightroom conference. Yes. This year. Um, yeah. What was that? What was that kind of setup like? Cause you obviously realize you want to do something. You've got to do something. You've got the instructors, you've got the, the equipment. Did you, did your mind start to, start thinking okay this might be the way forward for the next few months let's go down this yeah. road because it comes with yeah, challenges I, yeah it does i i thought we would wind up doing one conference and now we've done three and we're getting ready to announce our fourth so we did a lightroom conference we had a photoshop conference we just wrapped up last week uh, a landscape conference they, they are basically all live they're presented live they are uh two tracks so it is like a track A and a track B and you decide which class you want to go to uh, and a varying number of instructors, but instructors from all over the world. Like for yeah. our Photoshop one, we literally had Serge Remily coming in from Paris. Uh, we had uh, instructors coming in from Canada and from all over from the UK. Uh, yeah. Glenn Dewis. Glenn. Yeah. Glenn, Glenn was there. And he, dude, he crushed it. He, he does rocked. every time. He just gets I know, it. dude. He is. Back that He's guy brilliant. can get out of bed, put his slippers on, walk in his room and record an hour of content without any bloopers. It makes you sick. Oh yeah, dude. He's <laughs> a super, super pro and people love him. And, uh, and, and you know what though? It's, it's it, there. You lose a little something because you don't have that personal connection. Yeah. But it's still better than I thought it would be. Yeah. So what was nice is so many familiar people in the chats and in the Q&A tabs and all that. And so, you know, we like as an instructor, I do my class and then I sit there and I answer questions into Q&A. And then we have a live Q&A at the end, which wraps it up. And, 
it's it was it turned out to be a lot better and more fun than I was expecting. I was expecting to be oh well, it's not Photoshop world, and it's not, but it is better than I thought it was. I thought, wow, these things came off pretty well. And, you know, we look at our, our data, you know, cause we, we get evaluation forms from everybody. Yeah. And in the most current one, this landscape conference, I'm going to give you the exact data here. And I, they, I, they were some great instructors as well. I mean, that's the nice yeah. thing. You've got that variation of, of some familiar faces and you bring in some newer faces. But for content, you know, you had the right people for Lightroom, you had the right people for Photoshop, the right kind of people for landscape, because that's what that's the kind of the group of people you've got who can specialize in that kind of thing. All right, so 98.7% of the people that attended the landscape conference said they would absolutely go to another conference that we did. Wow. Another online conference, yeah. which is pretty good. Now, two people, there's 1,400 people, 1,409 people that attended. Uh, two people said it was the worst thing they had ever been a part of in their entire <laughs> lives and that we should die. But, uh, <laughs> but everybody else loved it. So, you know, there's, there's, there's always two people that um, have a dial-up have a dial-up internet from 1993 that just, you know, but outside of that, uh, we, we had a great time. It was really a lot of fun. We have, you know, great instructors and, and, you know, we all know the, the value of a great teacher. Yes. And so when you put great teachers together and willing students that are willing to learn, and it's weird, Dave, cause I'm, I'm looking at some of the comments that it was like, you know, I love that I didn't have to travel. I didn't have to go through security at the airport. Mm. I didn't have to sleep in a different bed. Like I could sleep in my own bed. I can get up and get a snack when I wanted. I can go to the restroom when I wanted. Uh, I, you know, I was free to do whatever I wanted to. And I knew that if I missed something, it would be archived. So everybody that comes gets the thing archived till the end of the year. So they can go back and watch any classes they missed or rewatch classes. And like, I was surprised to see so many comments of people like, you know, I didn't have to travel and I loved it. You know, now for me as someone who loves travel. Oh, same here. You know. I, you know, I'm like, I love to go to the airport and I love to get on a plane and I love to sleep in a different, you know, hotel. It's okay yeah. with me. But there were people that said, I loved how comfortable I've never been more comfortable. I had the most comfortable chair because they're their favorite chair at yeah. home. And, and, and then I was like, okay, I get that. I get that. They, they really enjoyed, you know, b being in a learning environment that is the most comfortable for them. Yeah, it's a, it, yeah. it's a different experience. Like you say, you can't replace that thing, but right. it, it's a nice kind of, um, I don't know what the word is. It, it kind of keeps it ticking over in a way that people want the content. You've just got to find a way to get it to, to in front of their eyes. But it also keeps great the compromise. That's yeah, it's it. a great compromise. It keeps the event alive and it keeps the community alive, which is important. Um, now, what, it, what I did miss was, well, for example, I met Dave Clayton at Photoshop World. We became friends at Photoshop World. Now, we had corresponded via email and stuff before, but, yeah. but you know, it's not like meeting you, which is a, which is a blessed event. And, <laughs> Thank you. And it's a, a life-changing, mind-bending, uh, spine-straightening uh, kind of event. Soul-sucking. Soul-sucking <laughs> vacuum of yeah. life um, but it, it's it's you do you know it's like i met glenn uh and and you and i and glenn spent the day hanging out together in london uh but it, you know what it is you can email and you can zoom and all that stuff but real friendships are, are made in person real connections are made in person so even though i love doing these conferences they've been wonderful and they're a lot of fun and 
people are getting a lot of out of them and I'm very grateful. And also people are getting to attend our conferences that could never come any other time. Yeah. We, we make them very inexpensive and people that can't travel or can't get the time off or whatever are able to be a part of it. And I'm very grateful for that. But uh, I do look forward to when we can all get together. You know, next year we're going to try it again back in Vegas, back at the Mirage. They've been wonderful to work with. Uh, and hopefully, you know, there was nothing that would make me happier, Dave, than to see your smiling face uh, coming down a hallway at the convention center. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that next year we'll be able to get back together. But until then, this is the next best thing. And I still get to connect with people and I recognize their names and I get to chat with them in the chat. And, you know, it's so it's it's not what well, none of this is what any of us wanted. No, right? exactly. none of this is nobody would have ordered this up if they could have. And no one, I don't think, I think even when we had to cancel Photoshop or I'm like, we're canceling it, but it's going to be fine by September. And then here we are in September and it's not fine. No. And so, uh, you know, so we, we still have got a little bit of ways to go to, to get this behind us. And I don't think anybody thought it would last as long as it has. No, but, um, it's, I think if anything, it's, um, like you said, nobody wanted this, but seeing how people have adapted to the situation and gone, okay, all right, let's. Or I mean, we I interviewed um, Douglas Saunders, and he yeah. he was saying the thing that they did was they sat down the whole team and went, okay, right, we've just lost tens of thousands of dollars of, of contracts because we now can't do this. What can we do? So we said they wrote a plan of how can we do business without being able to do business? So they came up with a, okay, all these companies are going to have to use Zoom. They're going to have to find a way to communicate. So they put together tech, technology Zoom packs that they could send straight out to an employee that would have all the instructions, the equipment, everything. He said, we were trying to think of all the things we could do. So now, you know, the online training has always been there. You know, you can still log in and watch classes on Kelby One, but with conferences, it's it's kind of gives you an an additional thing that you know you can do and works. So you can do Photoshop World, but you also know you can do online conferences for maybe more niche, like landscape only, or maybe sports, yeah. or or so, but narrow it down and do something online, and you still get Photoshop World. So it's I guess it's good for some companies that okay, you know, well, Dave that. That sports thing sounds pretty interesting. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> huh. yeah, uh, that would yeah, be quite a good. Sound, one. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't it? But yeah, it's, I like sports. You like sports? You've shot sports. You've you've had sports ah. people run into you as well. Yeah, and, yeah. I've had uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Hey, Aaron Rodgers. By the way, you probably don't keep up with American football, but had an outstanding day yesterday. In foot, I mean, uh, month Sunday. Oh my gosh, dude. I mean, he's, everyone's kind of, oh, he's washed up, dude. He lit it up. And his receiver that he was lighting it up to was on my fantasy football team. And I won this week's fantasy football team. I cleaned house. And so that's, that's the thing, Dave. That's important. So you've got sport back. You've got football back now. We have football back for the first weekend this weekend. Yeah. So we had our, our football season, proper football, um, our football season the top two tiers, Premier League and Championship, they got to finish last season behind closed doors. Then they had a month break and then they started back. And they, so the Premier League are playing, but it's really funny because 
it, like they're all having to wear masks and do all this safety thing and then they had a cup competition the other day this this was kind of like the ridiculousness of it all there's no fans in the stadium so like imagine the super bowl being played with nobody in the stadium in, a, in an arena that big that's so what's they, happening here yeah. right now but so they got oh you're not allowed to they've got to clean the balls when they go off and they've all got to sit six feet apart and everything gets to the end of the match and they've got this big plaque trophy thing and all the players one by one go up and kiss it <laughs> and it, there's not even a man there who's allowed to hand out the medals because they all have to be one by one each player went up kiss the trophy next one kiss the trophy and yeah it's, it's, it's uh, not like that here i mean we do have we are playing football in giant stadiums that are empty but do you know dave that they pipe in fake crowd sounds yeah that's what I was going to say here. They, they pipe it in. So when we're watching it on telly, we're joking now going, oh, listen to the crowd. They're not enjoying that. But Oh, yeah. Like, we said the same stuff. Oh, they don't like that call. <laughs> I think so in each stadium, I like to think, you know, when you go into those big churches and they have the organist and he's got that 300-year-old yeah. organ with all the pipes and he sits right. and his foot's going and his legs and his elbows – I like to think that there's somebody in a studio with a load of buttons that are all the oohs and ahs and boos and, uh. <laughs> and, and he's watching it and he has to play it like a keyboard because he has to anticipate the, the shot that just missed right. and get ooh to the shot that goes in and it's like, yeah. And then just, I, I, I would love to sh for them to show the footage of the guy who's doing the, 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 uh, they did, the they crowd. did a good job of it. I watched uh, two or three different games and Dave, they did a very good job. Now, they're not doing the social distancing like you're talking about. The players are on the bench right beside each other on the sidelines. Uh, and football, they're, you know, they're lined up a foot from each other. No one's wearing masks. Only yeah. It's weird. Only the coaches are wearing masks. Yeah. None of the players are wearing masks. Uh, a lot of the sideline help aren't. And there are no – now, there are five U.S. stadiums that are allowing uh, player uh, – audience – I'm sorry – a crowd oh, in the stands, yeah. but it's only 25% to 50% of capacity, not opacity, <laughs> capacity. But uh, that does make a difference when you have a real crowd. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. They're, they're doing the best they can, and they're, you know, we're, it's back. Hey, I have a question for you along these lines. Yeah, go on. Uh, do you uh, have Apple TV Plus? No, I only have Apple. Oh, Ted Lasso. Dude, it oh. is the best show on television. Table. Best show. Jason Sudeikis. In, in a really weird way, I've absolutely fallen in love with his character. I was Everybody so has. worried, so worried that because over here we've got a show on Saturday morning called Soccer AM and they have this fake American coach. There, there was an American coach who came over and managed an English team and he, it was a disaster. His name was Bob, Bob something. Um, but yeah, some Amer I think the American owner bought this guy over. He was at Swansea, he did an awful job. So they used to ridicule him and be like, hey, what a great headshot and get all the terminology wrong. Oh, right. So, so when Jason Sudeikis originally did the Ted Lasso, it was a little bit like a guy out of his depth, not kind of knowing. And I was really worried that when they brought it out, it was going to be one of those, hey, aren't Americans stupid? Let's put a stupid American in charge of football and then really show them up to be stupid. And I didn't want the show to be that. I thought, please be something different. Then when I saw Bill Lawrence, who wrote Scrubs, was was behind it i thought okay yeah. that's not his style started watching it and it's really really because it's hard to do a football sh 
a football TV show because they're not the real players. The stadiums always have to kind of be faked in some way. I know CGI right. is brilliant now when you look at what they did with the Queen thing for Live Aid. So it's, it's doable. But, oh, man, I just now can't wait for Fridays. It's like I like, know, but they're doing that raise. in a real stadium. That's not yeah. CGI. That's a real stadium. And that stadium is a, is actually a team that isn't even in the in the football league. They are they right. are considered non league, but they made this like AFC Richmond and the the yeah. actors in it and uh, and the guy that the Indian guy is a stand up comedian in the UK. Um, oh, is he? Yeah, he's also in another show about with David Schwimmer about uh, MI5 in London. And David Schwimmer comes over and he's this big shot and that guy's in it as well. But Ted Lasso, it's like, that, oh, they've, they've just absolutely best, nailed it. And it is, show. oh, I get goosebumps watching it. It's like, you really well, feel... Well, first, here's what's weird. is It is teaching Americans UK football. Yeah. Like, we know words and terms and things that we didn't know four weeks ago. Like, we had no idea. But I'm telling you what, dude. Now, we, we, we wait till Saturday to watch it. My brother and his girlfriend come over, and uh, my sister-in-law comes over, and we, all, we have dinner, and it's really nice, and we, and we watch it all together. Uh, we're in a small – there's a small group of us, and it's only us that we all like super social distance and all that kind of stuff. So we're, yeah, yeah. we're safe to be together in the same house. But none of us, none of us actually have contact with the outside world. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, But Saturdays is the day we get together, and we want – and, dude, our whole week – I sent my, my sister-in-law a text today, and the text just said, four days to Ted last yeah. <laughs> And I think there's and, only eight or ten episodes. So when it ends, it's going right. to be, oh, please come back soon. Well, they they have already been up uh, re-upped for next year. Yeah, they, they've already signed the. But but I'm telling you what, you know what it is? It's an uplifting story. Yeah. Every single episode you end it, you're like, man, this show is awesome. This is great. I love this, and you can't wait to see what happens next. But he is the most uplifting, positive character. You just you know what it, he reminds me of? You. Oh. He reminds me of you. I can't you grow that kind a, of mustache. <laughs> no. But you are you are that uplifting person. Like when I'm around you, first off, you know that I laugh not while we're on the air, uncontrollably <laughs> when we are when we are texting back and forth because there is no one in the world that is a funnier texter than you are. You are the king of the funny textures. <laughs> but you are. I mean, I, I I never see you down. I never see you depressed, dude. Every my every single memory of you is smiling and laughing and enjoying life. And and you make the best of every situation. And I think that is that's what Ted Lasso does. He he he. Whatever the situation is, he's un. Uh, I remember the team owner uses the word. You're undaunted by their first <laughs> yeah. loss and 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 that's you there's nothing that stops you there's nothing that slows you down you 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 enjoy life and you enjoy your family and you enjoy everything you enjoy the music you enjoy the you know you're a very musical guy even though you're not actually a musician though you could be a drummer in about six weeks yeah I, it is it is in I your bones never, i never took those drum lessons and i st even to this day i get so frustrated like oh just when i wanted to do it now i can't so as soon as we as soon as i can again i've decided that no i am gonna at least take three or four lessons just to make sure my brain is in that place because in my head my hands and my feet i know what the beats are but it's it's just like that tapping your head and rubbing your tummy at the same yeah. time is you have to it's, learn that uh, music is all about practicing. I hate to say it because it's a repetitive thing and you're struggling and you're struggling and you're struggling and all of a sudden it just comes together 
and it happens fast. Once it happens, like you're like, oh, I can't get this. I can't get this. I'll never get this. Oh my gosh, I've got it. Yeah. And, but, but you've got music in your soul. It is, it's, you're a very musical person. You are a drummer. You just haven't unlocked it yet. I know. But it's, I mean, it's in you. And, you know, I, it's just, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. You know, I would say this any other time. And I've said it to a million other people. But you are a, you're the British Ted Lasso. That's who you are. Oh, I'll take that. Because I, I think it's probably why I love it. I love that positive outlook. I, I always remember someone saying to me once, what are you smiling for? Like I had to have a reason to be smiling and it was such a strange <laughs> thing to say to someone. And, but, but I've, I've said to people, I, this can sound really cheesy now, but I think this is just the way my, my parents brought me up and I'm Bill is I get great satisfaction out of other people's success. So if I can pass something on or help someone or connect someone, I think it's a, it's a skill that you, you learn and enjoy and, it, and, I like that. And I think I do it without realizing perhaps I, I say yes too many times when I could say the odd no, when I've learned that the hard way, especially when you've got kids and a day job and other stuff. But that's why I love things like, like Photoshop world or conferences. And like, I love traveling. I love the chat. I love the TSA guy because that to me is just a, uh, right. Who am I going to get today? What, what kind of pressure is he going to put me <laughs> under? And, and they, that is entertaining. I just love it. And I go in with a smile. It's like, look, I'm not here to do anything bad. I'm here to spend my money in your country and, and enjoy the, the things you've got without worrying about anything else. Don't make this hard for me. And uh, I've had some fun times with TSA. They've been good. What it's going to be like next, next time. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know either. But, but uh, uh, Ted, Lasso, so let me ask you yeah. this: Go on. When you, when, you know, when people ask me about you and they're talking about the smiling all the time, and it's the drinking, though, isn't it? It's a oh. lot of drinking. Like I've never met anyone that drinks more, like it's a, a lot phenomenal of amount, a an lot. incredible amount of wind that makes you smile a lot. You've seen about why baby smiles? It's because it's there's a sound coming <laughs> after that smile. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before we go, because I did want to mention uh, your books. So you're... Oh, yes. You're, yes, you're let's home. do that. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. Do that. So, so you've been at home a long time. You've, you, you've set up a new studio. You've been home more than you've been in the office. But one, oh, yes. of, the thing, one of the things that, that kind of gives you the, the ability to do, which keeps Kim and Jess happy, is you can write more books. So what's happening at the moment? What have you got? What's just come out? What are you working on and what's about to come out? Okay. So the one that's just coming out and it literally is hitting bookstores. I'm hoping it'll be in bookstores by tomorrow because tomorrow night I'm doing a book chat, which is something we started doing during the <laughs> pandemic where literally I just, I, I, I literally, I put on a smoking jacket. I set up a backdrop <laughs> that looks like a library and I, I have a pipe and, and I, you know, it's like, welcome to book chat where, and I just talk about my book and my, my publisher gives some ridiculously uh, low price deal on my book. Well, I got a new book coming out tomorrow and the, the book is, so it is an update. So I wrote this book back in 2006 and it is the best-selling number one top-selling book in the history of digital photography and it's called ready the digital photography book i think it was the name that propelled the sales I think but anyway but uh, so and then i read i redid it I, I updated it seven years ago and so 
in the in those seven years since the, the first and only update of that book, uh, a lot has changed in photography. I've learned a tremendous amount. Uh, photography has changed. When I wrote that, when I did that last update, they, you didn't even really have mirrorless cameras. Nobody had a mirrorless camera. I mean, so things are, have really changed. We were shooting compact cameras back then. I even had a little <laughs> compact camera, like on the front cover. It works for compact cameras too. And now you'd be like, what? What? So, um, so uh, uh, that I, I did a, I did a, I thought I would do an update, but what wound up happening is it wound up being complete rewrite of the book. I, I almost rewrote the entire thing from scratch because seven years in photography is a tremendous oh. amount of time. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll just update it. And it's, it wasn't, it's all new pictures. It's lots of new techniques. I took things out. I changed things. I re-explained things in a better way. It's just a very, very massive update for it. And uh, so it's still called the digital photography book. Um, and uh, it's out in ebook now. And then hopefully tomorrow it's going to be hitting bookstores. I know that people have been receiving their copies this last week uh, through the mail that I ordered the physical copies. So it is uh, out and about. And so that's uh, really tomorrow is the official launch date. So I'm quite excited about it. And I'm looking forward to doing that tomorrow night. Uh, it's 7 p.m. Eastern time in the U.S., and so very, very late at night in the UK, yeah. <laughs> I think, what are you, one in the morning? Probably, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's so perfect timing, perfect timing. But uh, anyway, I'm very excited about that. That is, is uh, the new one. And, and, you know, I hope it, uh, I know it, it had a lot of fans and I worked hard to make sure that if they bought the new update, they would really feel like, okay, this is new information and this is going to help me. And it's used in classrooms and in colleges and universities literally all over the world. It's been, it's been uh, uh, translated into dozens of different languages. So I, I, have, I have high hopes for it. I put a lot of uh, my heart into it and blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> so did my team and Jess and Kim and everybody at Rocky Nook. We've all worked really hard to try to make it a really, really phenomenal update. So I'm excited about that. I'm just finishing up a book. I'm literally finishing it up like this week. So I did a book. Ready? It's called cool. the, uh, the iPhone Photography Book. So it is a book that teaches regular, real photographic principles to photographers whose main camera is their iPhone. And so that's a different thing for me, but you know what it is? The iPhone is getting so incredibly powerful. Oh yeah. And the things people are doing with iPhones today, but, but they still, while the quality of the iPhone is really great, you can take the quality up so much by employing the things that, that traditional photographers are doing. I'm, I'm not talking about adding lenses and stuff. I'm just talking about getting great light and, and knowing how to use light and what great light is and all these different things. Now I do go through, here's every trick and tip in the book for using your iPhone's camera and all that stuff. But I, I, I wanted to take it way beyond that because you can find that stuff online. What I really wanted to give people was, Here's how to do the same things that pro photographers are doing. But when you look at your hands, you're not holding a big, heavy camera. You're holding your iPhone. How exactly, are you going to take yeah. pro quality shots? And, uh, and I think you can get amazing shots in it uh, with it. And so that's what I did. I've written the whole book. It's about 200 and something pages. So it's not, it's not one of those big, dense 350 page books, mm -hmm. but uh, I think it's, it's very short and sweet and to the point. And it's written, in the exact same style and layout as my digital photography book. So it's one topic and one idea per page. So uh, that's what it is. It's, it doesn't go on and ramble. It doesn't give you theory. It's like, use this setting, click this button, do this thing, and you'll get this result.
Yeah, so that's, I, that's, lo- I love that's... that format. And you've got somewhat of an expert in the house already on this subject. I do, so, and I've so used... So yeah, I was going to say. Yep. Uh, you will see a lot of her photos in the book, too, because she's, she's lights out. My, my, my wife, Calibra, is a lights out iPhone. In fact, it, it was what she was getting with it, where I sit there and I look at her phone, I'm like, how did you even do that? And, and, and she got so tired of me going, you shot that with your phone? She's like, honey, what do you think? I'm sneaking around with a DSLR. <laughs> I, I go to the cage. I unlock it. I put some lenses on there and sneak out where you're not looking. I mean, Dave, I look at her stuff and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So that really got me to – it kind of really opened my eyes of what could be done. And, and so she's, she's a very inspirational photographer to be living with. So that, that was great. And I, and I did borrow a number of her, her – uh, her images and techniques for the book because she's really got a gift for it. So, uh, so that's, and then I'm working on also this year, hopefully by the end of the year, uh, an update of my Photoshop book. So I have a uh, Photoshop book that I've been doing for many, many years. I keep updating it when it's time. I don't update it every year because, you know, I want to wait until there's enough in Photoshop to where I can do a book and really, you know, uh, so uh, there's enough now. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of things that have changed in camera raw and in uh you know you know what's weird dave do you know what the biggest complaint i get about the book so the book you know maintains a great rating it sells like crazy but if someone doesn't like the book it's always the same uh well it's one of two things either they hate my humor which by the way my humor either in the uk it either kills or they hate me with the passion of a thousand burning suns. <laughs> yeah. There is no in between. Dude, I have people that write me letters from the UK and they're like, Scott, I'm, I'm sitting there on in the tube and I'm reading your, and I'm just laughing my butt off. And then I'll get an, a review that says, he thinks he's funny. He is not. This is the worst piece of crap I've ever read. Yeah. So I, in the UK, there, it's, it's a one star or a five star. There are no four or three or two star ratings, but um but the other thing that I, that the, the bigger thing is, so I, I, I spend a lot of the book, about five, the first five chapters on camera raw, yeah. because that is the modern way we do. We, if you're not using camera raw, and by the way, I'm going to say this, your viewers or re, uh, listeners probably already know this, but camera raw, you don't have to shoot in raw. You can edit your images using JPEGs or TIFFs or RAWs. It's virtually the same. It's not exactly there's just a few minor little differences, but they're so minor. Anyway, I go through all that in the book, but I start with that. And, and the, if I get a bad review, it's like, I didn't want to learn camera raw. And I want to say to them, so what you're saying is I want to learn how we did it 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't want to learn how photography is done today. You want to learn how it was done 10 years ago. Yeah, realize I cover all the other stuff. Yeah, the whole yeah. rest of the book. I do levels and curves and all the other stuff and all the filters and everything else and layers and all that stuff. But man, those first five chapters really crank them. Um, Cause they don't use Lightroom, but they don't want to use camera raw. And I'm just like, this is how modern photography is processed. You know? And I warn them. I warn them in the, in the, I know, I know. the book. I tell <laughs> the thing them two things. Book, you, you kind of so up front is look, if you don't like this, don't read this bit. If you want this, yeah. go there. But look, yeah. I've, I've put this together to help you be a better photographer or help you understand something. And, you know, you get photographers who, who won't talk about, you know, won't mention the P word. They don't like, I don't shoot Photoshop. Mine comes full. My, my images fall out of the camera beautifully. Then you've got, you know, now you, <laughs> now you can get Photoshop and Lightroom for 10 bucks a month or, you know, 10 quid mm. a month. It's like you've got these choice of two tools now. You learn one or the other. What? 
What's but, a quid? A quid. Yeah, it's I'm a, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm messing with you. <laughs> um, so, like that whole camera raw. I mean, I even now, I the other day, I I had a really old photograph I'd done on my iPhone, and I wanted to tidy it up a little bit and i opened it up in photoshop and i used like the equivalent of camera roy in there and i sure. some light and i was pulling bits out of that picture i never thought would be there because it was shot on a probably shot on an iphone anyway but it's just just knowing oh i know what that does i know what vibrance is i know what a curve yeah. is ver- it's that's the stuff that don't don't be so cocky that you think i don't need that i don't need it because that's what those books are for is to help you get over that hurdle of why am I, my, my photographs always crap? Well, yeah. because the tools are there to help you make them better. Yeah. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And so anyway, that's, that's the struggle, but that's, that's what I'm working on next is uh, a major update to that book. And, and you know, Dave, when, when you do an update to that book, it's hard. You know, what's hard. I have to come up with 500 pages of photos. No one's seen before. Oh yeah. I was going to say, it's a big I book. don't, I don't, I don't just take the photos from the last book and move them to this book. You know, I, I want people to be, you know, uh, I want them to see it a, a, as a new book. I don't want them to open it up and go, oh, yeah, there's those pictures of Dubai. Oh, yeah, there's the pictures of a football game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, wanna, I want them to feel that the book is fresh and new. And so, and, and when I do an update, it, there, I, I, I always wish for a minor update and it just never, ever happens. So I, I rewind, I, I wind up. Well, you know, over the years, you rethink things and, you, and you've learned better ways to explain things. And I'm, I mean, I'm an educator. I'm trying to always, I want that light bulb to come on and I got to find out what can I say? What, how can I simplify this? How can I make that light bulb come on? And, and, and really, because honestly, the success of any book is, is not how many you sold. The success of the book is how people do with it. Yeah, it's like it's like a diet. If you go on a diet and you lose a bunch of weight, it's a great diet. If you go yeah. on a diet and you lose like your first two weeks, you only lose one pound, quit. I need people to have success. I need them to be able to open up an image, go into Photoshop and go, holy cow, this is what I've been waiting for. Someone to tell me the real numbers to use and the real figures. Because so many, so many books, I think this is, what, what you know, I remember being asked in an interview, like, what, what makes your book you know, so successful compared to all the other Photoshop books. And I said, it's because the other Photoshop books tell you, here's how this works. And then they challenge you to come up with your own numbers. Like they'll go, here's what the unsharp mask, here's what the amount slider does. Here's what the radius slider does. Here's what the threshold slider does. They'll explain it all, but then they expect you to figure it out. And, And mine was really the first book that said, here's the settings I use for people. Here's the settings I use if it's a landscape. Here's the settings I use for a cityscape. Here's what I use if it's going on the web and I've had to resize it. You use these numbers and using them. They work for me. I think you'll like them. And so I think a lot of, a lot of the authors, they don't want to say these are the numbers because they don't want someone to come out and go, those aren't the right numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so I just always tell people, here are the numbers that I use. This is what I'm doing. And this it's is a good you know, starting point, isn't it? It's well, yeah. And, and for right a lot of light. people, it'll be, a, it's my finishing point. When I say, here's the stand, here's my, my number one most used unsharp mask setting. I, I use that every day. So it's my finishing point. And it's like, I've, I've tried a lot of different settings to get to that point. 
And so I, I, I'm not hiding anything. I'm not holding anything back. If I say these are the numbers I'm using, when you're not looking, I'm not secretly putting in different numbers so my images look better. You know what? I, a rising tide raises all ships. Exactly. I want us to all be successful. I want us to all love our photography. And for one of my books to be a success, the only way it's going to be a success is if people actually see a difference. When that digital photography book comes out, if people start making better images immediately, it's going to be a huge success. If they're marginally better, if they're a little better, or if they're not sure if their pictures are better after reading that book, it's going to die on the vine. So <laughs> I, I have to deliver. I have to make a difference. I have to write a diet that people actually lose weight right away, not three years down the road. You know, So no. that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And it, it's a struggle. It's a lot of work, and especially when you have to come up with all those images. But uh, it's also something I love. You know, when I when I see people having success, and I get letters from people, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, the reason I'm in business today, and I have my own studio, is because of your digital photography book back in 2006. I bought it, and devoured it, and it changed everything." Man, as an educator, you know, Dave, that's a home run. Oh, and by the yeah. way, if you ever have a if you ever have a bad day, Dave, you should go read the reviews of your InDesign book. Because people gush about that book that you wrote. People I know. on Amazon, they gush about it because it's one of the best books ever written, if not the best book ever written on InDesign. And there's been some really good books out there. But dude, you you delivered a book that is so useful immediately to people. And that's that's it. That's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to Oh, absolutely. I you're trying to really help. I had um there was a designer on Instagram that we connected through something non photography related. It was through some little notebooks and it turns out he was a graphic designer and he said, Oh, I follow you on Instagram. Um, I'm a graphic designer as well. He said, but in my job, they've just laid a couple of people off and I've now got to do this. I've got to take on this new magazine project and I've, I, I, and I, I've got to learn this product called InDesign. Do you use it? And I went, yeah, I've kind of used it for quite some time. He said, yeah, I, I, just, I, I don't really know where to start. And I said, I can recommend a really good book. And he goes, oh, mate, anything would help. I said, well, look up, um, there's a book called How Do I Do That in InDesign. I can thoroughly recommend it. And then I sent him a picture of me holding it with my name. <laughs> he came back with like, dude, seriously, you didn't write that book, did you? And I went, yeah, I, I exactly wrote it exactly for you. Exactly just for what you want. How do I do this thing? Anyway, a few weeks, we kept in touch. Really nice guy in Scotland. Anyway, he messaged me back and he said, mate, thank because i sent him a copy i sent him a signed copy like look i want to help anyone here here's a free book go and if this helps you if this one thing helps you i'll be happy he came back he said mate i your book never left my side it's well thumbed already i learned all these <laughs> things he made the magazine the star interview was terry cruz from brooklyn oh, nine sure yeah, uh, yeah and he sent me the picture and i'm like it's better than what I could have done. I hate him. <laughs> but it was that, 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 so that one thing, that for me, I'm done. The book did it exactly did its job. So even though, you know, people might leave a review and say, oh, yeah, I like this, but I don't like that. I've responded to every single one of them. But when, like you say, when that one person contacts you and said, Dave, you helped me get through this problem and I made this, that was just, yeah, great. That's the, that's the one review I want. Thank you. Well, you you know what's wonderful about that, though, Dave, is this. He obviously, you saw the magazine, it looked great. So he had the talent. Yes. He, just didn't have the, he didn't know how to use the tools. And you were the bridge between his talent 
and that magazine by exactly. teaching him the tools. That's what your book did. And that's what it did. So, and that's why people love it. And that's why the reviews are so glowing over it is because you delivered, you delivered that thing that he needed. I need to learn. I, I know I can do it. I just need someone to teach me the tools. And that's what you did. Yeah. And I learned from your books. I mean, that theme is if you, my, you know, my humor is like, if you read the chapter intros, I talk about spy movies and Starsky and Hutch and my mum making Victoria sponge. And I just thought, well, I'm going to write it like me. I'm going to write it the way I like to read in your books is those chapters. I want people to hear me, hear my voice rather than some of these books where it's not like you're going to learn Photoshop. I'm just going to, the book is, I'm going to tell you how good I am. And like you're saying about the, the books is you wouldn't go and buy Gordon Ramsay cookery book. And in the, in the chapter, it says how to make an apple pie. Well, just go and get some apples and flour. You're going to need the oven, some kind of hot, work it out for yourself. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you need hey, to that's know. the way most, that's the way most Photoshop books were written yeah. back but in the day. Yeah. That, that one page format, is brilliant it was so easy to write because it's that i just want to go to that one thing and find that one thing because that's how i use google that's how i use youtube i don't need a three-hour moose peterson dramatic music like loads of things i need that quick what's the setting for do for doing this and even now i still tell everyone the story of a photoshop world where you came in to say it was my first class in the big boys room and you came yep. in to say to me oh hey you're gonna get on and i said to you well i'm gonna start with this and I'm going to do that. And you just looked at me and went, I've been using InDesign for 20 years and I didn't know you could do that. I know. I remember it so well. <laughs> I'm like, you're kidding me. Why didn't I know about this? I, I would have dropped the mic and walk out there and go, well, I taught Scott Kelby something today. You lot can all go home. <laughs> but no, that was Hey, good. speaking about, you know, yeah. you mentioned about writing, writing in your voice. Yeah. Uh, you have a voice that I particularly like that you do, the British DJ voice. You oh, got to do a little of it. The cheesy DJ voice. You're listening to He Shoots, He Draws. The time is now 10 o'clock in the evening. We're going to go over to weather and news. <laughs> and I love that. With, I love that. Scott Kelby. And <laughs> so, Scott, tell us about your new album. How's it going? How's it hanging? How are you doing, matey? Oh, you did a lot of work for charity. <laughs> Tell us about your charity work, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's plenty, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I, can, I, can I plug my charity work real quick? Now Absolutely. that you brought it up? Even though you brought it up as a, as a joke. So, uh, you know, each year we do a, a, a thing for the Springs of Hope Orphanage in Kenya. We do a worldwide photo walk that raises money for the orphanage. And Wednesday on the grid... Um, well, it's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, which is 6, no, 7 p.m. What it's, is it? Uh, well, we're British summertime, so I, th I think it's five four. hours. It's, it's normally five hours between us, so it's either four or six, but Google it. But yeah, it's normally one o'clock your time is normally right. six. Yeah, here. one o'clock New York time. So yeah. So uh, we're, we'll be announcing uh, the Worldwide Photo Walk. It's the first, I'll just tell you, it's the first Saturday of October. Yep. And we are trying to raise money. Now, this year, we're not going to be able to walk together, right? Nice. So we've come up with a really, I hope it's a brilliant, uh, the community helped us come up with a way where we can still take pictures, we can still come together, but without being in groups of 50 walking all over the world. But most importantly is the, the orphanage absolutely relies on us. Like this money that we raise each year, it, it keeps the orphanage afloat. If we just go, we're not going to do a photo walk this year. 
we'll all be fine. But yeah, the yeah, orphans yeah. will not. And I mean, it's, it's 31 kids in the orphanage. Uh, and, and it's, can you imagine, Dave, every day having to feed 31 kids, clothe them, house them, love them, transport them, take care of their medical, you know, uh, keep them healthy. Uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing amount of money that is required for 31 people. And they've got a staff and everything else. But uh, it's a very small orphanage. It, it was literally built from scratch by people that, photographers that read my blog, mm. that have pitched in money. And we pitched in money to buy the land. And then we finally bought the land. And then we bought a van to take the kids to school. And, and little by little, it's now it's housing 31 kids. It feeds a lot more than 31. They feed homeless kids in the area every single day outside of the 31. But 31 kids live there. And it's a beautiful little little orphanage. It's in Nukuru, Kenya. And... Uh, Anyway, they're counting on us, man. So, uh, you know, the details will be at worldwidephotowalk.com. You can go watch the video where I talk about it. But uh, it, it's a way for photographers to, to, you know, we're all struggling. But if we think we're struggling. Oh, I know. Yeah. And if you want to feel better and get through this struggle, I'm telling you what, anytime you feel bad, help somebody else and it will lift you up as you lift them up. And so this is an opportunity for us to just do so it's, we're not asking for hundreds of dollars or anything, even though people will, there are people, Dave, that will, that will, that will sign up and, and subscribe and pay every single month just to, to make sure that the orphans have food every month. Uh, but it's, it's five bucks. It's just five bucks. That's it. Five bucks or five pounds. If you live in the UK or five quid, five quid, yeah. Uh, quid if you live in the UK, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're just trying to get people to just, you know, five bucks just, but, but there's a whole other part of this that's going to be different and fun, but we're all going to come together on Saturday, the first, the first October, uh, I don't know what that, I think it's October 3rd, but I'm not sure, but it's yeah. the, First Saturday in October, we're going to have a worldwide photo walk. We're going to raise a bunch of money because we have to. <laughs> they are counting. <laughs> they are counting on us. I mean, they really are. I mean, it's like this is the big influx of cash that they get for the year. We can't let them down. We just can't say, "Oh, well, you know, there's the pandemic and also sorry about you orphans. Good luck." Yeah, you know, we, we're like, nope. We we got to do it. We got to rise up, and we're just going to have to do what we got to do to make it happen. And we're, we're going to do it. Because I'd, I'd, awesome. I'd, I'd written it down to ask you about it, thinking, okay, how's that, how's that going to work? Because you can't just not do it, because although the world is, is the place it is at the moment, we can still do something. We, we, oh, can, yeah. we can go out in small groups. We can go out individually. People are finding really creative ways to learn new photographic skills by being indoors. Or, you know, they normally do landscapes. Now they're doing food or they're doing products or, you know, all the wedding photographers. You can't do weddings, but you can, you can try and find other ways. This is so the world I, we live in and we got we to live in it and we still got to live our lives. And so we've, we've come up with a way to, to hopefully uh, bring everybody together and have fun and, and still do a great thing. Well, what I'll do is I'll put that as the prominent link for the show. And also, if you've got a video, because this will go out next Monday um, and it's Tuesday at the moment. So this will go out Monday and then uh, I'll put the video on the website page as the leading thing. So people can see the video with the link and everything. So that can be the thing from this podcast that people see straight away. Great. And I recommend Super. sign up, do, it, do whatever it is uh -oh, it's going to be. Up. Oh, you're for oh, okay. Okay, whatever it is, it's that it's going to be. Do it. Join in somehow. Just donate a pound, two pound, five pound, whatever it is, and help the orphanage. But that if you haven't done a worldwide photo walk, and it comes back next year as the big thing it used to be, 
do it. It is so much fun. You it come is. over and you you came over and we did Bath together, and I think we've yep. done. Uh, I thought we did. We did London. We've done London and we've done Bath. Done London. So yep. Done Bath. We only got to Bath by the skin of our teeth because yeah, we, we did. We train like a minute ago. That train, <laughs> dude. We jumped on that train and it pulled out. Yeah, and uh, you even came to my house, my old house, and you came and met my wife. And when we were yeah, driving you home, she's a sweetie. But, but you've, I mean, you've been able to travel around and do different. You did Australia, you did Rome, or you're in Italy for one. Um, I did. I did Rome. I did yeah. Venice. I did uh, Paris. Um, I've done uh, Austria. Did Hals, uh, Innsbruck, Austria, a uh, year before last. I think I it's did so cool. Chicago. Chicago. Oh yeah, Chicago. Chicago. Last um, year I went to Chicago. It's just great, even when you see those countries that maybe only like five people turn up. But what I think is cool, there are people literally all over the world, all take yeah. part. Even if it's only two or three of them, they still go out, they post the picture, they upload it, they they all enter. And there's some amazing photographs that come out in the, you know, there's prizes for lead leader walks and, and best area, you know, photographs from different walkers. But even even just at the end, to look at the photographs that come from that day is, is a book in itself. If you could, if you could put like 10 yep. years of the World Wide Photo Walk and put all those images in a book, that would be a book you'd have on your bookshelf. It would bookshelf be unbelievable. Of yep. photographers you never heard of and the most amazing shots. That, and it also makes you, makes you look around and see things differently. So um, it really does. You know, when I, one of the most fun parts for me is when I see the group photos coming in from all over the world. And here you see Cairo, Egypt, and you see a group of 50 photographers, big smiles, holding their cameras and all right. And then you get one from Singapore and you get one from Lebanon and you get one from uh, just all over. And you're just looking at these photos and everyone's so happy and we're all sharing in something, you know, it's just photography brings us together, just like music brings us together. And there's, you know, and, and you know what it is? Uh, I mean, all across the world, of course, you have governments that don't agree with each other, but, but I've been all over and, and people are, are people wherever I go. I've been to communist countries. I've been to middle Eastern countries. I've been all over and everywhere I go, I, I meet wonderful, nice, awesome people who they all want the same things. You know, they want to, they want good jobs. They want to take care of their family. They want their kids to have a good education. They want to yeah. be, they want to live in peace. I haven't met anyone yet that says, you know what I really want to do? I want to be at war. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere I go, it's the, I mean, people want the same things. And I know that governments get all involved in all this crazy stuff, but the, but people, uh, everywhere I've been, I haven't been to a place yet where I haven't met awesome people, and yeah. and uh, and every and and people are generally, for the most part, really warm, happy, nice, welcoming. You know, and and certain countries are more welcoming. If you go to, like, for example, I went to India, and man, the Indian people are the most gracious to to hosts and I mean to guests. They're just the most gracious, and and uh, the Parisians maybe or not. <laughs> just kidding just joking just joking i love i love paris no but it's just everywhere you go it's it's you know people they, people just want the same stuff and when you see all these photographers all together with these big smiles and they're just making photos and just like it's just it's such it's heartwarming it literally is it just you look at it it just makes me smile i'm like look at and 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 also know so many of those people and i don't care where the picture is 
have donated to the orphanage. Mm -hmm. These are kids that they don't know, that they'll never meet, that are halfway around the world. And they're just like, I just wanted to help. I just wanted to pitch in because nobody has to donate. You don't have to. It's not a, you know. But, but people are just, and people will say, you know, I'm going to give a buck. I'm going to give five bucks. I'm going to give 500 bucks. Mm. People just, they, they know that there's a need. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like, if you ever get depressed, if you ever get really down, go find somebody who's got it worse than you. And it doesn't take very long to find no, it. No, it doesn't. We live, we live a blessed life in the U S and the UK and, and, you you can, it doesn't take it's not very hard to find someone that's that's in need and by helping them you lift them up you lift yourself up it it's a it's a great thing it's one of the best things you can do for yourself and for other people and it's like the basic thing we're here for right we're supposed to love our neighbor we're supposed to look out for each other you know even if they're british i still like them yeah but we have to work harder <laughs> that's why we that's why we adopt the fake accent <laughs> just to make you like us i know but it's the look at the irish everyone loves them oh my god the irish people oh. are the night dude the irish people are the nicest people and you know what so are the scots you know what it is it's brits brits are really really nice very polite people except for you and glenn are very very nice yeah we have to work a little bit harder but you guys do we, but we it's do just you right. two mostly and peter <laughs> treadway Peter Treadway is an awful person, but um, outside of you guys, the rest oh. of the British people are lovely. Well, well, thank you. <laughs> one minute I was, one minute I was Ted Lasso, and <laughs> now, now you're back. Now, now you're I'm squirrel back. in the drain. Now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Now you're back. Now you're back to reality. <laughs> well, I'm. Listen, Scott, thank you so much for your time tonight because I've really been looking forward to chatting to you for a long time. And oh, me too. I, I know you're busy and you, you have, you know, you, you are trying to still run a company and, and keep things going and writing books and magazines and classes. So I appreciate your time and always just good to, to chat to you as a mate. And we had a nice little chat off air, which was good. So uh, I hope, I really hope I can get my backside on a plane next year as soon as possible one way or another and uh, i'm gonna head down to florida we would love 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 to see your smiling face come bouncing in our studios well you know how much we would love that i know I and i'll you. take you to chilies i'll take you to chili you love chilies we've got to go to chilies if if i don't it won't it'll be like a wasted trip don't worry don't worry and you know what's amazing <laughs> here's what's amazing dave when you come in and we'll go to the go to our we always get the same server i've had the same server yeah. for 14 years she will remember you and she'll go you have you drink iced tea right <laughs> yeah. like she'll remember whatever it is that you drink she will remember it and she said didn't you get the cheeseburger without onions i mean she's a she's got a crazy memory for that stuff yeah no i'm looking forward to that i love we haven't got chilies here so it, that's one that those little things even if there's one at the airport i'll go and eat at the airport but no hope i hope whatever's gonna happen happens soon and we can get back to some kind of normality but no thank you for your time yep. um, of course it thank, was you, an for honor. thank guest, you for having me again. of course and, are you kidding <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> i love it, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh yep i'll um i'll put all the links out and obviously you know you've only got to google scott kelby if you want to find anything about scott but i'll put the links into the for the photo walk stuff thank you very much and uh i will see you very soon <laughs>